Hey, I got two verses this morning, and I have a special treat for y'all, too. We're going to learn a little bit of something of what it sounds like in a whole other language. My brother Pete here, he has a calling. His, it is a blessing for you, but we need a mic. No, you're not loud enough. We're going to be. So I got two. Thank you. I got two verses that I want to share with you all. The first one is first, Second Timothy 1 Timothy 1.7. And we're going to pull that up here right now. There's a lot of craziness going on in our world today. And, and may, matter of fact, it's been amazing how our world has changed in a couple of weeks. And, and uh, everybody's impacted one way or another. And it all sounds scary. Everything you hear on the news is scary. And, and uh, um People we know are impacted, and, and we know people that are afraid. But here, so here we are. The fear is not from God. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. What's that sound like in Spanish, Pete? Porque, porque no nos ha dado Dios espíritu de cobardía, sino de poder, amor, y dominio propio. Amen. Still means the same. Sounds a little different. Still means the same. Fear is not of God. Okay? Anytime we feel fear, we can know right off the bat that's not, that's not an impulse. That's not a reaction. That is not, that is not from God. I want to go now to an Old Testament verse, 2 Chronicles. Bear with me just a little bit, guys, here, and we're going to go 2 Chronicles. Um, 29, and I love this verse. It actually was just sent to me this morning, and I'm like, that's it. That's, it's crazy how the Holy Spirit works like this so many times, but I want you to listen to this. It, Second Chronicles 29. I'm going to read it while you're looking, okay? He said, they said, whenever, they said, whenever we are faced with any calamity such as war, plague or famine crazy stuff okay there's all kinds of crazy stuff out there whenever we're faced with crazy stuff we can come to stand in your presence before this temple in the old days i want you to know that in the old testament the temple was god's building in jerusalem today since christ has been here the temple is us we are the temple the temple is god's people so when we think about this, whenever we are faced with any calamity such as war, plague, or famine, when crazy stuff, we can come stand in your presence before this temple, before God's people. When your name is honored, we can cry out to you to save us, and you will hear us and rescue us. It's a promise of God. He is going to rescue us. What's that sound like in Spanish? Amen, amen. Se la dice, si mal viniere sobre nosotros, o espada de castigo, o pestilencia, o hambre, nos presentamos delante de esta casa y delante de ti, porque tu nombre está en esta casa, y a causa de nuestras tribulaciones, clararemos a ti, y tú nos oirás y salvarás. Amén. Amén. Still means the same. 
whenever crazy stuff happens, we seek our God, we seek God's people, we seek the temple. Our God is, our God is faithful to still rescue us today. Same God that was on the throne back then, still on the throne today. Amen. Amen. Let me pray over all this. Pete's going to sit down and I'm going to carry on. Heavenly Father, thank you for these young people. Thank you for your word. Thank you that we know we have absolute confidence, no matter how crazy it sounds out there, that you are still in charge, that you love us, and that no matter what's coming our way, you have rescued us so many times and you will continue to do so. I praise you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. As I get on my horse today, and the only reason I brought him was just because I wanted to do business as usual. You know, there's craziness out there, but I'm still the same. I still like to be horseback. I still like to do the things I get to do horseback. And I believe if there's any breath in my body next week, I'll be, still be horseback. It doesn't matter what happens. If I get the coronavirus or I don't, I'm still going to want to be horseback when it's all over. Um, you know, the word that we keep getting thrown around there so much, and it's a big old scary word, and I, I didn't even know what it meant. I asked my wife what it meant, and the word is pandemic. I'm like, what does that mean? She's like, I don't know. That's just the word they keep saying on the news. And uh, I didn't know either, so my friend Google helped me out. Pandemic. I want to read it to you just a little bit. Wrong one here. Pandemic. I don't have it. Pan but pandemic means an epidemic that that has gone through several countries or continents. It's an epidemic of biblical proportion and i got thinking about this you know the epidemic is really not this virus the epidemic is fear craziness is happening because of fear and and there's people terrified and i'm hoping that some of them are listening today because we we got nothing to fear our god our god is still in control. You know, I got to thinking about the things. You know, you could make this statement, and it sounds ridiculous as I, even as I say it, but you could say, well, you know, God had in mind that he would bless me, that he would, that he would have grace upon me, and that he would give me peace, but he forgot about the coronavirus. He missed that in the memo, and now I'm not going to be in a place to receive his grace or his blessing anymore. Doesn't that sound silly? Like he didn't know or he didn't have a backup plan for when this come along? It's craziness. You know, I, uh, I was brought to this thought process, and I want to turn with you to uh, this story that happened to Gideon. We all know a little bit about Gideon, but I want to go with you to uh, Judges, 7th chapter. I'm going to read it to you from, from this story. You know, Gideon, he was, he was in an oppressed nation, a 
being oppressed in the crazy times. They would make food, and the Midianites would come in, and they would steal it from them. They'd kill their people. They'd take their women. They'd take their food, and they were, they were in a really bad way. And an angel of the Lord come to him and calls him out and said, Hey, mighty man of God, mighty warrior, something like that. And he didn't even, he was like, who are you even talking to? And Gideon tests him out to make sure that he's even talking to him because it seems so unlikely that anything good could happen in the times that he lived in. And he had to test him. He did the fleece test, which I've shared with some of you in the past, and you should look it up. But we're not going to go there. Where we are going to go is to the, after Gideon is convinced that he's the guy, and he's going to take on this Midian nation, there's some really crazy things happen. And so I want to read to you this story. So if we start in the second verse of Judges 7, Gideon had showed up here with 10,000 people ready to take on this army of I think it was around 150,000. Um, it's a number that's thrown out there. 150 is what sticks in my mind. I could be off a little bit. A lot. So when it, Gideon shows up with 10,000 to take this on. And the Lord said to Gideon, you have too many warriors with you. If I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they have saved themselves by their own strength. Isn't it amazing that here they are, they're already outnumbered at least 10 to 1, and he's like, hey, you don't, you don't need all those resources. You have me. So let me help you out here. Verse 4, verse two, 3, Therefore I'll tell the people, whoever is timid or afraid may leave this mountain and go home. If they're bothered by it, I'm not going to curse them. Just let them go home. So 22,000 of them went home, leaving, leaving only 10,000. So now we're back to the 10,000. Who will be willing to fight? Verse 4, But the Lord told Gideon, There are still too many. Bring them down to the spring, and I will test them to determine who will go with you and who will not. Verse 5, and I can only imagine what's going on in Gideon's mind at this point. When Gideon took his warriors down to the water, the Lord told him, divide the men into two groups. In one group, put, those who, in one group, put all those who cup water into their hands and lap it up with their tongues like dogs. In the other group, put all those who kneel down and drink with their mouths on the stream. Verse 6. Only 300 of the men drank with their hands all the others got down on their knees and drank with their mouths in the stream. Seven, the Lord told Gideon, that with those 300 men, I will rescue you and give you victory over the Midianites. Send all the others home. Sounds like absolute craziness. Now they got 300 going against hundreds of thousands. Crazy odds. So Gideon collected the provisions and the ram's horns and other warriors and sent them home. But he kept the, but he kept the 300 men with him. The Midianite camp was, was in the valley just below Gideon. 
was in the valley just below where they were camped. That night the Lord said, Get up, go down to the Midianite camp, for I have given you victory over them. This next thing that happens, I just, I'm really blown away by, by this. God knows our humanness, and he knows where we are. And, and I think about this, you know, there's all this uncertainty, and if you watch the news for just a second, it's absolutely overwhelming. And if you have, if you have money in an IRA, it's overwhelming. If you're in the oil business, it's overwhelming. If you're in the cattle industry, it's absolutely overwhelming if you're paying any attention at all. It's, and you can't fix it. You've got this little piddly 300 men out here that are starving. And the whole world is caving in and you can't change it. This thing is overwhelming. And it's bigger than you are. Our Lord has made a provision for it. He always did. He always will. Listen what he, did, what he says here in 10. He says, but if you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant. Name is, I believe it's Pura. I don't know how to say it right. But the important part is, is that our God started making a provision. He's like, hey, I know this is overwhelming. And I want you to know that I got this. So I'm going to send a man to tell you. I'm going to send a situation where you can hear. And your faith will be encouraged. Which is what I believe that we're here today for. I tell you what, I got up this morning and I was getting ready. And my wife's like, what is wrong with you? She said that before, but this time it was different, okay? <laughs> I said, I just, I just feel this heaviness from our world. It just feels so heavy and so dark. And yet I know the truth of God's word, and I'm encouraged by it, but it's, it's kind of overwhelming. And uh, we talked about it a little bit, and, and it was funny. As I got in the presence of God's people, as I got in the presence of the temple, I was immediately, I could feel that spirit of, darkness or that heaviness and i just want to share that with you so you don't think that i think i'm immune to all this what i'm telling you though is in my humanness i know the truth and i'm called to share it with you so let's read a little bit more here i want to do 10 again but if you're afraid to to attack go down to the camp with your servant pura 11, listen to what the Midianites are saying and you will be greatly encouraged. Then you will be eager to attack. You'll be eager to take this thing on when you know the truth. I've got this, our God is saying. So Gideon took Purah and went down to the edge of the enemy camp, which had to be absolutely terrifying of itself, just going down there knowing there was literally hundreds of thousands right here right now and all of them are against you 12 the armies of Midian and Amalek and the people of the east had settled in the valley like a swarm of lo listen to this like a swarm of locusts their camels were like grains of sand on the seashore too many to count Gideon crept up 
as a man was telling his companion about the dream, about a dream, the man said, Gideon, through God's divine action, was all of a sudden privy to the truth, to some real information right here. We, by God's intervention, by his divine nature, we today are privy to his truth of his word. We've heard two promises this morning with the kids. We know it's true. And now we're going to hear some more. Gideon crept up as a man was telling his companion about a dream. The man said, I have this dream, and in my dream a loaf of barley bread was tumbling down into the Midianite camp. It hit a tent, knocked it over, knocked, turned it over, and knocked it flat. His companion answered, your dream can only mean one thing. God has given Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite, victory over Midian and all its allies. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know how all of this is going to play out, but I know a fact by God's word. God has given us, God's people, victory over whatever is happening and whatever is fixing to happen. We are going to be okay. If we're not okay, we're still going to be okay. As his people, trusting him to be the God of his word. When Gideon heard the dream and, his inter and its interpretation, he bowed in worship before the Lord. I want to pray right now with y'all. And then we're going to go on. Heavenly Father, We believe you. We trust you. We know that you did not somehow forget that this was coming. That you did not take into consideration this time that we're in right now. We know that this pandemic, however you say it, don't shock you. And we know that you are sovereign and true. And we also know that you are using this to encourage our faith, to do something mighty with us, through us, through your people, to impact and infect the entire rest of the world. And I just praise you for this truth right here, right now, and for loving us in spite of ourselves. And Father, I also ask that you would forgive us when we have been afraid. Every one of us has felt dark or been afraid during this two-week period through the information that we've gotten. I praise you for the relief. I praise you for the deliverance. And I praise you for your truth. And I praise you for all this. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. You know, I was thinking as we go forward, pandemic, I think that we need to, right here, right now, today, start a new thing. Let's have us a revival in pandemic proportions worldwide. And we can start it right here, right now. I believe that there's God-fearing churches all around the country right now, right today, speaking the truth and giving the hope that is in our Lord. Let's read on just a little bit longer because it gets even better. 15, again, when Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed to worship before the Lord. Then he, turned to the, then he returned to the Israelite camp and shouted, Get up! 
For the Lord has given you victory over the Midianite hordes. Our Lord has given us victory. I'm sure of it. He divided the 300 men into three groups and gave each of them a ram's horn and a clay jar and a, with a torch in it. When he said to them, verse 17, when he said to them, keep your eyes on me and when I come to the edge of the camp, do just as I do. I wonder in my mind at this point in time if Gideon had any idea what he was going to do. I got a hunch he didn't. I got a hunch. Of course, I don't know. But I got a hunch at this point he's like, okay, you've given us these tools. None of them look like a sword. We're way outnumbered. You've promised me victory. You're just going to have to show me what to do next. So he's telling them, just do what I do because I don't know what that is yet. Maybe, maybe not, but that's kind of what I believe. Then he said to them, keep your eyes on me. When I come to the edge of the camp, just do as I do. Verse 18, as soon as I and those with me blow the ram's horn, blow your horns too, all around the entire camp and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. It was just after midnight and after the changing of the guard when Gideon and the hundred men with him reached the edge of the Midianite camp, suddenly they blew the ram's horns and broke their clay jars. <laughs> Big noise, chaos. As noisy as 300 guys can be. And it starts something. Suddenly they blew the ram's horns, broke their clay jars. Then all three groups blew their horns, broke the jars, and they held the blazing torches in their left hands and their horns in the right hands, and they all shouted, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. We don't know how all this is going to go, but God says we got it. Can you hear it? Can you see it in the dark? This craziness that's happening. Everybody's now waking up. There's chaos. And you know what they did next? When the, Israel, when the 300 Israelites blew their ram's horns, the Lord caused the warriors in the camp to fight against each other with their swords. Those who were not killed fled to places far away as Bethshitta and then Zeraha, something like that, and to the border of two more words I can't even say. Then Gideon sent for the warriors of more words than Asher and Manasseh, Manasseh, who joined in the chasing of the Midians. All this chaos was happening, and God's people were standing back waiting. They weren't doing anything. They were just letting God do God's stuff. We're in this time, and I believe in this chaos that we are, economically, health, all of these fears that are coming, and I believe that we're supposed to do the same. I think that we are supposed to have faith in our God. We're supposed to end the chaos. We know from the verses earlier that our God is not a God of chaos. He is a God of peace and order. If there is chaos going on, we are not supposed to run from it or get wrapped up in it. We're just supposed to let it as God's people, let it happen however it's going to happen. 
But I believe the next thing is that we're supposed to be ready. I think the same God that was on the throne then is still on the throne today, and I don't have the ability to read the future, okay? I don't. But I know that God was God, is God, always will be God, and he has the same nature and the same way of doing things he always had. And in this case, he had them wait. And pretty quick, there was an opportunity to take on the entire world that had been against them. And they changed the complexion of everything, and they overcome it all. Along the way, if you continue to read this story, they were exhausted as they overcome this thing. And they were hungry, and they discovered enemies they didn't even know they had. Read the story. It's crazy. But the one thing that happened was God was sovereign, and he overcame it all. And the 300 men started a movement that overcame an entire nation. Yes. And here we are today. Through our faith and our obedience, every, every breath in me believes that we're supposed to sit back not get wrapped up in the chaos. The chaos is not of God. It never was of God. It never will be of God. But we're to be ready. Pretty quick, Gideon needed his sword. And he kept using that thing over and over and over again. And it slayed kings and princes and kingdoms, if you will. Here's my sword. I've got this thing ready. And the truth of him in it. And I believe this will be overcome in a mighty, crazy, amazing way. And lives will be changed forever because of it. I believe a lot of those lives are ours. Our faith will be increased. We'll be put into another position. More people are going to hear us and listen to us. Our world is fixing to change. It is changing. I was thinking about this also this morning. I was thinking how crazy it is, how much our world has changed in two weeks. And how little it would have changed if we didn't know. But for some reason, we all know, and we're privy to the information, and our world has changed. We don't need to get wrapped up in the chaos. We just need to be ready. Stand by God's promises and know there is an opportunity coming. I'm sure of it. For us to take our sword, change the world. Will you pray with me? Father, thank you. Thank you for encouraging us. Thank you for giving us the vision through your word. Thank you for showing us what Gideon did through your direction and no resources except for what you allowed him to have to overcome an entire kingdom. Thank you for showing us this morning that all we need is you and the resources that you tell us that we need to go into this battle. 
right here, right now, today, I believe we're supposed to wait. But as we wait, I believe that every one of us needs to be prepared. Prepared to go forward with the sword of the Spirit, which is your word. Pronounce the truth and the freedom that you allow us to have through your word and your spirit and your presence. Father, I pray right now, if there's anybody in this house that has never turned their life over to you, or if they've turned their life over to you, but in a way that they really didn't trust you, they're still trying to manage their life on their own, which we all have been there, every one of us. Father, I just pray that right here, right now, we're turning the rest over to you. You've got this. Oh, yeah, it's overwhelming. Yes, it's bigger than we are. It's supposed to be. And you've overcome it all. I praise you for this. I praise you for those that are making a decision right now to re-accept you or to accept you for the first time. Now, Father, I, I just thank you for casting off that darkness, that dark spirit, and that overwhelming gift of victory, which we know is coming through your power and your name. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. been held by the Savior. I felt fire from above. I've been down to the river. Ain't the same prodigal return.
just breaks a man It'll break him right down to his knees Now God, I've been broken on a time or two Yes, I have, Lord Pick me up, show me what it takes to be a man Great, great music, guys. Great music. Uh, we're going to have a few meetings after church. Chuck Wagon team, arena team, and the youth people are going to meet. So if you're on those teams, stick around. Uh, I wanted to update you guys a little bit on the building, the building fund. Uh, our pledges last week grew by over $100,000. Yeah. And... And I don't know exactly how much, I can't remember how much the cash part of it uh, grew, but uh, we did receive a few checks last week too. So thank you guys. Continue to pray for that. Uh, it's working. That's the, that's the mission that we're doing here. It's not, it's not a, a mission of fear. If, if God wasn't going to get that building done, he wouldn't be blessing it in the way that he's blessing it. So thank you guys. Pete. I want you to pray us out of here in uh, the good Mexican language, not not English. Oh, not English. I was going to do an English. Thanks, God, for being here this morning. Thank you, God, for the blessings, all your blessings you sent from heaven today, Father. Thank you for the first time to let me do this, Father. You know I've been praying in, in for a long two years, and finally it's the first time. I hope it's not the last time. I'm so glad to be here and bless every one of my brothers and my sisters and bless my family and friends and prison and, and all the people around the world. Father, thank you so much and keep us safe and take us safe home. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, señor, gracias por estar aquí esta mañana por primera vez en la presencia de, de tu gente, Señor. Uh, estar aquí es una bendición tuya, Señor. Gracias por todo lo que, lo que me has dado, Señor, y por, por este sueño que se me ha hecho, que hace dos años, Señor, estaba, estaba pidiéndote de rodillas todos los días, Señor. Por, por es la primera vez, Señor, y espero que no sea la última vez. Thank you por todos. Llévanos a la casa en paz. Y bendiciones para todos nuestros amigos en, en, en donde quiera que se encuentren en prisión, en mi familia, en Viver, Oklahoma, Señor, en Albuquerque, New Mexico, en, en, en todas partes del, del East al West y del Norte al Sur, Señor, de todos, Señor. Gracias, Señor. Te pedimos en, en el nombre de nuestro Jesús Jesucristo. Amén.